Thank you for joining us on another season of Beyond Clean, a live podcast where the cleaning industry talks about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. Beyond Clean is a podcast that is broadcast out of our studios inside Gym Supply in Orlando, Florida. We're always looking for guests at Beyond Clean, so reach out to me, your host, David Thompson, at dthompson at academyofcleaning.com or call us at 888-999-6059. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now, let's get started with today's guest on Beyond Clean. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Dave Thompson, your host here at Beyond Clean with Ace. We are live this afternoon with Dr. Clean, or as I know him, Daryl Hicks. How you doing, Dave? I I, I was hoping we were live with you there, (laughs) Daryl. I was waiting for you to catch a breath. Oh, okay. Well, folks, that might be the only time I get to catch a breath because when (laughs) Daryl and I get to talking, I think that Daryl just keeps on going. Um, Folks, if you haven't heard um, Daryl Hicks talk before, we normally talk for our 45 minutes on infection prevention. And uh, this afternoon is no different. We are preparing for the Infection Prevention 2022 course. We will be conducting that. uh, Daryl and I will be on November the 30th and December the 1st, the afternoons of both days from 1 until 5 Eastern time. Daryl, I've kind of given a little intro here for those folks that do not know you. Who are you and why should they listen? <laughs> well, Dave, uh, you know, my story is not unique. I start out, you know, uh, in managing housekeeping departments in uh, hospitals with a company called Service Master back in 1981, and they were doing uh, department management uh, in hospitals. And uh, that's how I started uh, my cleaning and disinfection. And one of the reasons I got into it uh, from the very beginning was the notion of serving others. And um, it's one of those higher uh, callings, I think, that people, you know, who do this business, um, many of them do it for different motives, but uh, mine at at that time and remain that way up until this day, and that is to serve others by, you know, providing a safe, clean, and disinfected environment for them to get well and go home. That would be in a hospital. But uh, we have those uh, needs in everything from preschools to uh, K through 12 to higher education to, uh, you know, offices and uh, public spaces like malls and you know, public buildings. So the need has never gone away. And uh, I had kind of gone through a, uh, you know, America was going through a recession back in the late 70s. And uh, I got laid off from my job as a construction inspector and uh, working outdoors all that time. And for me to come indoors and manage people uh, doing the cleaning services and disinfection in hospitals. It was a kind of a leap of faith, but uh, at the time I needed a job. And, you know, at the time I thought, well, there'll always be a need for cleaning. And uh, that 
has, you know, never gone away. But, you know, I think that you and I know that there's a right way to do things. And uh, I think that that's the need today is for people to understand the why behind what they do. And uh, then they'll they'll understand the how to's and the when's and where's and all that. But first, they've got to get the why. Well, Daryl, I think that we find ourselves at this time of the season, uh, and I'm talking about the labor shortage season, with a lot of new people coming into this industry that have never professionally done cleaning. Now, they may have cleaned at home or, you know, whatever, wherever, but professional cleaning in the environments that you and I talk about many times is different. Um, there's protocols, there's regulations, there's responsibility. And I think that's what you just talked about, a higher calling of responsibility. Right. If you're protecting human health, which is what is the why behind of what we do, and it's not for aesthetics, although I will talk about appearances here in just a, a minute or two. But anyway, it is, uh, you know, uh, cleaning for health, which you know, you and I were green before green was even popular because we believed believed in the safety of uh, of our workers, and so we looked for chemistries and processes that were efficient, but yet you know used the right chemistries at the right places at the right times, and uh, so I think that that is is one of the needs of you know these folks that are coming into the business that, uh, you know, the, the migrants coming into this country may fill those positions in the near future, but, uh, you know, they need to know uh, not just the whys, but the how to's. And so that's what you and I talk about is, um, you know, once you understand the why that it is for, uh, for health, healthy buildings, healthy, uh, building occupants and healthy workers that we're protecting and uh, promoting these products, not by name, brand names, but uh, the chemistries that uh, provide for, uh, you know, low toxicity, low, uh, you know, impact on humans and the environment. And so I think that uh, that is one of the, the things that, is going to be very valuable in the coming months as we work to fill these positions, these vacancies in the workforce. And um, so hopefully, you know, people will come just to get, uh, you know, that clean for health uh, sake rather than appearances. Daryl, about uh, 30 days ago, you and I uh, did a podcast at this point over 2,000 people have downloaded that podcast. We want to thank those people for coming to Podbean and our program here. Um, one of the things that Daryl and I do is our job, our responsibility to you, the listeners, is to make sure that we stay current and we, that we also are talking a language that is not just ours, but that uh, other professionals are recognizing and pushing forward. And on our effort to do so, we're going to talk this afternoon uh, about 
some information from Dr. Stephanie Dancer. Now, um, as Daryl told me, don't be put off. She's British. And I don't know why that you said that, Daryl. I really don't because I don't have anything <laughs> well, against British. Uh, maybe a little bit interesting to understand. But, you know, the thing here is, is this is a worldwide issue. This is not just here in the U.S. So when we talk about this this afternoon, folks, we're not talking about just covid we're not talking about norovirus or C. diff or MRSA. We're talking about all infectious diseases that can cause illness and potentially death. And so this is what this class is about. You're not going to come to this course to learn just one thing or to have uh, a chemical manufacturer, equipment manufacturer tell you what to do with their stuff. This is so that we make a better educated consumer out of you, the student, so that when you go to battle, you've got the right ammunition. So I thought it was interesting that she started with cleaning is the Cinderella of infection prevention. I don't think, Daryl, I have ever heard it put that way. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, she's coming from the UK and with their uh, government ran health care and uh, she showed a picture during her uh, her talk, you know, that you and I looked at. It was this uh, cleaning lady that uh, was doing like mopping a hallway, and uh, you know, she's facing the camera, but her head is down, and she's just, you know. And Doctor Dancer said, you know, this is an image. And she said, I wonder when the cleaning people will be able to lift their heads up and be proud of what they do rather than, you know, being uh, kind of the, the low pay, low status in, in not just hospitals, but in society. But, you know, she's talking about how it's women's work and it's viewed through the prism of social class. It's dirty, repetitive work. And uh, she was trying to bring value to what um, service that proper cleaning and disinfection brings to healthcare. But she was talking about cleaning is a Cinderella of infection prevention. And it, it's just a picture of not Cinderella the princess, but Cinderella the uh, stepsister, the stepdaughter uh, down on her hands and knees and scrubbing the floors and taking orders. And, um, you know, to raise the status that uh, in the in prevention of infections in the world, regardless if you work in a hospital, a senior care facility, a preschool, or, you know, a university, uh, that it's still about preventing infections and what we do is valuable. And uh, so it was, she started off by just talking about that and how you know what the cleaning staff does is the most important element of infection prevention she believes well you know, i don't disagree with that you and i've talked about that and this is what the rockstar program is all about is bringing value and if folks if you've listened to any of the podcasts that we've done uh, uh with some with of the finalists, some of the finalists you would see that you know they are very well respected and I think this is the thing that you're, you're saying here, Daryl. You know, when it comes to infection prevention, cleaning and doing that process is the most important because that's what removes most of the threat. 
Exactly. And uh, so that is why I think that we need to, uh, one of the things that we were talking about, Dave, is uh, that with the current uh situation with the the cleaning business like restaurants and other businesses is uh the lack of of uh workers to fill the those jobs and uh it becomes crucial for facilities to remain open and if they remain open then uh they're going to have people in the building whatever building that is and that uh what we talk about here is is providing those services that uh, don't just go on appearances, but that it's safe, clean, and disinfected. And I think that uh, the public is expecting that now whenever they do enter buildings, and they're looking at things a little bit differently than they did before the pandemic. And uh, so we... We have to, um, I think that we will, perhaps some of the migrants coming into this country will take some of those jobs. But um, as you and I know, is where they're coming from, uh, the standards of what is clean or acceptable is not what it's going to be here with uh, the, the consuming public coming back into our buildings or staying in our buildings, whatever that is that uh, they're going to expect clean, safe, and disinfected. Well, as you say that, Daryl, we are using uh, some courses from the past. We're in the middle of rebranding a number of those. Uh, it's going to be known as the Rockstar Onboarding Series, and it is to help people with these challenges that, and quite honestly, Daryl, over the last 24 months, we've seen just a, a huge influx of people from other uh, work environments that have moved. And we, we're losing people in the cleaning business that are retiring and getting out of it. They're at that point, and all of this brought about pressure that they didn't want to be involved with. So we're losing some of the valuable resources. We're gaining people that are not schooled, um, um, certified in this. You know, I think one of the interesting things that uh, Dr. Dancer said was, yeah, she was, of course, talking with, about hospitals, uh, but, you know, she says, who says that patients don't know whether their hospital room is clean or not? <laughs> I thought that was interesting. I mean, I know whenever I spent my 10 days uh, here a while back in the hospital, I, after one day of looking at what they were doing, I didn't want them back in that room. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, the fact is that the cleanliness that uh, the patients and their family members see, there is a linkage. And what they found is that patient perceptions of room cleanliness are really associated with the infection uh, and mortality rates in hospitals. And they did study in 87 hospitals in the U.S., so in other words, pay attention to what your patients are saying about cleanliness because Dirt is not good in a hospital environment. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we cover in, in our course is uh, the removal of dust in, in uh, not just healthcare, but throughout, you know, in our cleaning businesses, uh, cleaning operations that, you know, 
pathogens, you know, disease-causing uh, bacteria, viruses, uh, mold, and what have you, uh, get carried around on dust particles and the air currents in buildings. And so that's how these things hitchhike a, a ride uh, on down the hallway to the next um, compromised patient or, uh, you know, an individual that maybe is, is not healthy. But the, the point is that uh, pay attention to what your patients or what your customers are saying about cleanliness because that uh, unsanitary conditions uh, are conducive to uh, people getting sick. And, you know, we're heading into the cold and flu season. And uh, so we want to make sure that the workers who are returning to, uh, to these buildings are coming in and uh, not going to, the absenteeism isn't going to go up because the building is unsanitary. And uh, well, well and what you're speaking to is, is the twindemic that you have mentioned in earlier podcast, you know, of, of uh, our current pandemic along with the flu season, which, you know, folks, it is November now. We're getting ready to get right into the middle of it here very, very quickly. Um, you know, I thought what was also interesting in this video uh, that she was, uh, uh, this session, you know, that there, there seems to be a number of people, uh, patients in her case, that are actually saying it's not acceptable. And I think as we move into 22, are we listening to what the consumers are saying? Or are we just going about doing something and then trying to market that we're actually making an effect. <laughs> well, these cleaning protocols that we saw back in uh, er, late 19 and early 20, you know, if you go into the stores now, those have gone away. And, you know, it's <laughs> so I think that we've had enough of this cleaning theater, uh, you know, going through the motions and trying to make you feel safe. And uh, I think the consuming public and those workers in your buildings, including patients and residents and senior care, um, their awareness of these unsanitary conditions and, uh, you know, they're not going to accept that. But I think that it's an opportunity to uh, – well, we, we have to meet those expectations because they're real and uh, they're not going to go away. And, you know, one of the things that that has happened during this time is that while we were very concerned about products being on EPA's list in uh, as effect, or effective against SARS-CoV-2, uh, you know, that we took our eye off of these other things like, uh, you know, the influenza viruses and rhinovirus, and you're seeing RSV in children. And uh, we were talking to people that just put their little daughter in, in uh, preschool uh, daycare, and uh, within two days she came home with RSV. Uh, and so it's out there, and... Uh, you know, we need to make sure that the disinfectants that we're using are actually have a rhinovirus uh, claim on them, which is what 
the common cold is called is rhinovirus, but we, we need to make sure that the disinfectants that we're using are not just, you know, because um, the COVID-19 is very low on the, uh, the list of easy to kill all the way up to hard to kill. And uh, these viruses are higher uh, on that, that continuum. And uh, we need to make sure that we have the right disinfectants that will kill uh, the influenza A and B. And uh, A is not that easy to, to kill. You know, a lot of times you'll see influenza A or B listed on a label. But we need to pay attention to those kill claims on the labels and make sure that we're using um, the disinfectants that are going to be effective in uh, the coming influenza that, uh, you know, I've, I've heard people not going to take the flu shot this year because they feel like they, they have the COVID, you know, two shots and they're not going to get the influenza shot. And uh, so uh, it could be a rocky time and we haven't seen it start yet, but um, you know, it, it may be coming, and as you said, it could be the twindemic of the COVID-19 still hanging around and um, the influenza season. It's interesting that you're saying what you are because uh, earlier this morning we did a podcast with Richard over at EvaClean, and you know this was some of the conversation that we were having, uh, and he got even into you know going past the chemistry into the processes that you and I always talk about. And, and we were talking about the wipes, you know, these pop-up wipes. Nothing right. wrong with them as long as they're the right chemistry fit for purpose of the job that you're doing. But it was back to how many wipes do you use in a room and where are you using those? And are we working from clean to dirty and all of these things? And these are the things that people now, I think, as we move forward, are paying attention to those details rather than, as you said, the disinfection theater. Right. And uh, it's time to get serious about it. And I think we have gotten serious over the last 24 months, but um, it's time that we don't let up on the gas, that we keep going. But uh, I think that's a very uh, keen opportunity uh, observation that you you just made is that it's not just about the chemistry and I think too often we get dependent on the chemistry to do what uh, we ought to be doing and Dr. Dancer is a big proponent of uh, soil removal with detergent and uh, she has found that uh, that that alone may be uh, enough to return surfaces to a fit for purpose. And uh, so she thinks that in 2022, the best strategy is soil removal with detergent, and it's targeting these uh, hand-touched surfaces, but it's going to be a greater frequency during a 24-hour period because what she has observed is that there's a rebound of uh, bacteria from surfaces uh, within, you know, about the eight-hour period. And, you know, these buildings are occupied for longer than eight hours a day. And uh, so there may be a need for more frequent cleaning, especially during this influenza season, to um, 
to keep it tamped down and to go after those uh, hand touch surfaces. And, you know, for that second clean, it's not a, a thorough cleaning like uh, will happen in the evenings after everyone goes home. But, uh, you know, it's to keep it uh, safe for the building occupants during that, uh, that entire workday that some people are going to be in the building. There could be people in the building for 12, 14 hours a day. And, uh, you know, what is contaminated at the beginning of that workday if it got clean last night and then what it is at, uh, you know, one o'clock in the afternoon will be a different. It's much more contaminated and people are touching it and not washing their hands and, um, you know, rubbing their eyes, their nose, their mouths and, uh, you know, infecting themselves with these contaminated surfaces. Uh, Sean DeVore with Mannington Mills did a podcast with us uh, just a few hours ago and, and although he talks about floors, one of the interesting things we talked about was um, floor tiles that were chipped and broken, um, flooring that was worn out and holding so much infection. And, and he was talking about some of these people are wanting to throw an antimicrobial product on it because the, the people said the chemistry will kill everything. And he says, are you going to remove the soils before? And they said, well, <laughs> You know, they didn't say we had to do that. Just put that in antimicrobial on, it'll kill everything. And I think this is that misnomer uh, that people have of chemistry will do all of it. And I like what the, the uh, good doctor here, uh, Dancer, said is, you know, let's clean. I think Wednesday I'm going to go listen to Dr. Gerba is going to be here in town in Orlando. I'm going to go listen to him for a while. And I was reading a little bit of his introduction to the session and and he's talking about the very same thing, Daryl, clean. Soil removal. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in what I talk about in my little book, Infection Prevention for Dummies, is that, you know, we have depend on the chemistry to kill the little boogers when we ought to be removing them. And if we do a good job of removing them with, with uh, detergent and water and, you know, the right microfiber products that... Uh, you know, if you can get a, a three log reduction with just the right uh, tools and the right processes, the right products, then, uh, you know, disinfecting may be uh, less important, but at least you're applying a disinfectant to a pre-clean surface that, um, you know, the disinfectant cannot get through all the soil to get to the, the things that live in the soil. And so we, we have to do a better job of soil removal with, uh, with detergent. And um, we need well, but, some... Go ahead. But when you say that, Daryl, you know, the point that they have been making is the surfaces have to be adequate to be cleaned. You know, we, we, we can't be trying to get our frontline technicians to clean inadequate surfaces that need to be replaced. They're worn out. They're broken. They're chipped. They're, uh, you know, you can't clean a surface that holds bacteria. I mean, you can't disinfect it. I don't care how much you try. These surfaces have to be maintained. And I think it's so interesting as you talk about infrastructure bills and everything, you know, this is what we're talking about. We've got to take care of these environments from a material standpoint as well. Right. 
And that's one of the things that she observed is that when uh, the cleaning people have to deal with this chip paint on walls and the doors are beat up and the carpet is worn out or the flooring is, you know, floor tiles are loose, it's, uh, it becomes, it destroys their incentive to, uh, to do a better job of cleaning when uh, the building owner doesn't care about uh, the surfaces that they're trying to, to clean. And uh, so worn out carpet that, uh, you know, needs to be replaced. It just, it's impossible to, to really do a, a good job because a lot of times the perception of the public or the workers about the place not looking clean has to do with uh, the maintenance items, you know, lights burned out in the bathroom and uh, the stall door on the, the toilet, it, you know, doesn't latch. And, you know, so the perception of the public is that the place can't be clean if uh, all these maintenance items are neglected and uh, to the point that, you know, it becomes very difficult to clean something that needs to be replaced. Yeah. So like when you and I go into the men's restroom and there's two urinals out of four that are covered with a trash bag. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Uh, you know, so folks, this afternoon, we're talking about all of these things. As you can see, uh, some things we're going to be talking about in the new course for infection per, uh, prevention for 2022. Um, you know, I think one of the interesting things uh, that uh, Dr. Dancer said here was like at the end of it, as we move into this, what is really the best cleaning strategy and, you know, almost everybody that I talk to with all of this, we have our versions of how we get there, but the end result, and you and I've talked with uh, uh, Dr. Whiteley down in Australia several times on this podcast, it's still at the very end of the day, if you do not have a methodology for testing, for evaluating the health of the surface afterwards, how can you prove what you're doing? <laughs> I just recently had a posting on LinkedIn that that was a question that or what I said is that, you know, we need to move from I think that it's clean to I can prove that it's clean and we need to be about evidence. And what Dr. Dancer was saying with this is that, uh, you know, the what we have going on with the cleaning business is that we don't have enough evidence that what we're doing is effective. And she talked about using ATP and she talked about using these, um, you know, uh, markers. And I talked to a guy today and he said, wherever you use these markers that are supposedly invisible until you shine a uh, black light on them, um, he would, draw a frown face on a mirror in a bathroom and then go back later to, and he said, when you saw it on my, or you put it on there on Monday and it's still there on Friday, then you know that it's not getting cleaned. And uh, so we need to, to move from um, just saying that it's clean, that what we're doing, the, the product works as it should, the process works as it should, and the person doing that task works as they should. We need to have evidence 
that uh, what we're doing and what we're doing it with and how we're doing it is really uh, impacting the, the health of the surfaces, which in, uh, projects into healthy building occupants, too. Folks, you've been listening to Dr. Clean, a.k.a. Daryl Hicks. He is the author of Infection Prevention for Dummies. Uh, he's the co-author here at the Academy of Cleaning Excellence for all of our infection prevention courses, very instrumental in our courses that we did last year. If you earned a certificate from us last year, there's going to be a special discount for you if you simply would contact us at education at academyofcleaning.com so that you can join in on our session. It'll be November the 30th, December the 1st, from 1 until 5, both afternoons. We will be putting the QR code that you can scan and go directly to the information. We'll put that in the show notes. Um, Daryl, any last things you want to say before we close our session today? No, I think that uh, continuing education is the key. And uh, if you learned it 15 months ago, doesn't mean that it's not still relevant today. But uh, there's so much that has happened during those 15 months that we need to stay current and uh, continue our education as to the best practices that produce the best outcomes. Daryl, thanks for being on the show today. And uh, I know that you're going to probably be in ISSA. I'm not going to be joining you this year, but uh, uh, maybe we can talk after that before the 30th. Yeah, I'll actually be speaking out there on the 16th of November. And uh, my class is called Safe, Clean, and Disinfected. Surprise, surprise. But uh, anyway, I'll be talking about some of these principles that um, – I think are elementary uh, and very necessary in our business. And like I said, you need to stay current on uh, the best practices that produce the best outcomes. Thanks for being on the show. Make sure that whatever you do, folks, that you make it healthy, positive, and proactive. Until next time, like us on Podbean Live and be part of those 2,000 people that downloaded. We thank you very much for those downloads. Bye, folks.